to uh, just say a few things before we really get into this today. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I couldn't help but think about as we were singing is um, just how when I have, um, when I've had the opportunity to be around a newborn baby, um, especially of, of my own or of my family, it's, it's overwhelming to me. Uh, I've been overwhelmed in those moments. And to the point where um, kind of unexplainable mo emotion comes out of me. <laughs> and it's just so, uh, the joy, the joy of that new life and the specialness of that new life just fills my heart with just so much joy that I have this, this spilling over of emotion. And it's happened every time and that, I've, that I've experienced it. And I, was, and I was just, you know, as we were singing and I was thinking about, you know, oh, come let us adore him. Those are really powerful words. And, and I can't imagine what it was like for the shepherds, uh, for, for Mary and Joseph and the, and the shepherds and, and, and even the wise men later on as they came to baby Jesus to adore him. And I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm sure, I am positive that their emotions just kind of spilled out. The joy, just the, the, the sheer joy of seeing the Savior of the world in the form of a little baby. Wow. It's just, it's fantastic. And I, I, just, I just love that thought this morning. Um, and I and I just wanted to express that. Uh, also, I just wanted to just say, you know, thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming. Uh, it's so good to see you. Yes, we have a smaller crowd than normal, but that's okay. Um, we're excited about who sh who showed up, uh, who's online. Uh, we're excited about all of that, and so it's it's good to see each one of you and uh, welcome online. And uh, yes. You're seeing a mixture of uh, shirts and ties and, and jammies. And, uh, and I, you know, I'm wearing a robe, and I think Je Jesus wore a robe, so um, I think it's fitting, you know. I, I think it's okay, so, yeah. And it's great to have the kids with this. This is a family setting, you know. We're just gathered as a family here this morning. And, uh, and as families gather, there's noises, right? Uh, and so it's okay. It, all of that's okay today. We're, we're glad that we're all together. It's good to be together. I want to start out with a scripture uh, this morning. We're going to have a scripture that I want to read. And this is, this is not a typical uh, Christmas scripture, but it's very Christmas. And so I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we read Galatians uh, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. And then right after that, um, I'm going to ask those who volunteered to hold up this timeline thing to come up and join me. So let's uh, look at this together. It's Galatians 4, 4 and 5. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. It's beautiful. It's just a beautiful thought. Amen? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. All right. As the, uh, as the volunteers come forward, I, I think two, maybe three. Can we have another person up here just to support the middle? This thing's long. This thing's really long. Yeah, I told you, it's long. It's really long. Okay, so um, what this is, this is a timeline of history, of known history. And so clear over here, uh, it starts uh, with, with Adam, Adam and Eve. And uh, this isn't like a complete timeline, like up to the moment. So it actually ends clear over here. Uh, at 1900, so it's left out, you know, 122 years or so. But on this timeline, really the top of it represents biblical stuff. And then the bottom of this represents just things that have happened in the world. And so on this timeline, you see um, the names of Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great and um, George Washington and uh, Napoleon and uh, all of these great names, and these great people that did great things in history. Now, what's interesting is as you look at this timeline, and this is this is huge. This this is a lot of time here. This is time as we know it. This is a uh, you know all the time that, that we really know about. And so, on this timeline, as you look at this timeline. Uh, you're looking and you're looking and you're saying, okay, so, so where's, he, where's he at? Where, where is he? And right here, right here, there's this, there's this uh, 33 years right here. Just this little section, 33 years. And I think that that's amazing because in that little section, 33 years, in this huge timeline, this is when, this is when everything changed. <laughs> this is when the world changed. This is when people's destiny changed. What's interesting is when he came, when Jesus came, even this behind him, the past, those lives became more significant. And so this little 33 years, this single solitary life that only lasted 33 years, and, and, and by our standards, that's not a long life, right? But these little 33 years changed everything. Changed everything. And so we're gathering today, and, and we, we realize, um, most of us, I think, realize that, that Jesus wasn't really born on December the 25th. But this is the day that we celebrate his birth. This is the day that we celebrate his birth. And so this is the day that we can really stop and we think about that 
solitary life and the impact that it had on humanity for all time. For all time. Now what's interesting is, actually, you guys can fold that up now. Thank you. Thank you. I think their arms were getting tired. It's, it's heavy. It's actually heavy. I actually, uh, I actually got this from the, um, the Ark down in Kentucky. The, it, it's really a great place to visit. And so maybe we'll take a trip down there as a church one of these days. That'd be neat, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be fun. We need to do that. So what's interesting is when we have a birthday to celebrate, one of the things that I like to do, what I think about in a time of a birthday, is I think about that person and not just that day and like how old they are, but I think about their life. I think about the impact that they've had on my life and the impact that they've had on my family's life. And when I do that, it, it's, it just brings a lot more significance to their birthday because you begin to think about how important they are to you and to your family and to your friends and to the people that, that you know. And so a lot of times, you know, in a birthday setting and, and when we're gathered together as a family and maybe celebrating one of the family members' birthdays, uh, we're, we're having a meal and we get ready to have the meal and we, we stop and we have a word of prayer. And in that time, it's a great time to really just thank God for who that person is, for the impact that they've made on our lives, for the way that they've changed life as we know it. You know, and, and we begin to think about all those things. And so I began to think about Jesus. Okay, so we're celebrating his birthday. This is the day that we're celebrating the life of Jesus. And so how can we celebrate it best? Well, one of the great things we can do is we can think about the impact that he's made on our lives. The way that he's changed our lives, the ways that he has impacted not only our lives, but the lives of others around us. And we began to think about that. We began to think about all of these things that Jesus has done and the, the great things about Jesus. And we say, yeah, I mean, I, I just love to think about the way Jesus has changed me. And the way that Jesus has changed my family. And, and, and it gets me so excited and thrilled in my heart about Jesus and about his life. Now, I love the fact that Pastor Mindy talked about it's Jesus' birthday. What are we going to give him? What are we going to give Jesus? Uh, you know, how do we celebrate Jesus? How do we celebrate his birthday? Uh, typically, we're giving gifts to a person if it's their birthday. And so what are we going to do to celebrate Jesus' birthday? Let me offer you a few ideas. All right. The first idea is to give him, obviously, to give him a gift. And uh, we've kind of talked about that a little bit already. But uh, have you ever tried to, to, to buy a gift for someone who has everything? <laughs> that is difficult to do, isn't it? It's like, well, we could get him. Oh, no, he already has that. Oh, we could get him. No, he's got that too. Uh, we could get him this. Well, if he wants that, he could buy it himself, you know. It, those are the kinds of things that we think, right? Those are the kind of things that we, we think about. 
And so what in the world do you get Jesus? Because literally, he has everything. I mean, because everything's his, right? And so, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the scripture, uh, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That, uh, you know, that kind of helps us to understand. He really owns it all. He owns everything. And so um, it describes Jesus pretty well. Now, uh, the wise men gave him gold frankincense, and myrrh, right? And these were gifts that were significant in that period in time. Um, gold's still pretty significant. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, they, they gave him these, these special gifts that honored him and had p- specific meaning. Um, so, but here's the thing. So now he already has those things. <laughs> so we can't give him those things. And so what in the world can you give Jesus? Well, the greatest gift that you can give Jesus is, I get, I get bring Sean back up, he can give us a drum roll, <laughs> is yourself. That's the greatest gift that you can give Jesus, is yourself. Now, there's this great old um, Christmas song uh, some of you probably know it very well. Probably most of you have heard it, I would imagine. Uh, it's called, I'll Be Home for Christmas. You ever heard that song? Anybody ever heard that song? I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, sometimes we don't know the meaning of songs, or we don't know where they came from. Let me just read some background about this song to you, okay? Uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas was written well into World War II, when an estimated 16 million Americans, or 11% of the population. (laughs) You hearing me? (laughs) 11% of the population were serving in the armed forces. There was hardly a home in the country that didn't have a conspicuously empty place at the dinner table during the holiday season. And the loneliness of being separated during the Christmas season was universally felt. The melodic longing of a man stuck far away from home and hoping, though not optimistically, to return for Christmas spoke not only to the soldiers serving on the front lines, but their loved ones on the home front as well. Uh, The final line, I'll be home for Christmas, if only in my dreams, has been the subject of some debate. Some believe the line simply means the narrator suspects he'll dream of being home for the holidays while circumstances inevitably keep him away. But others interpret the line to mean he believes he'll never make it home at all. And the only place he'll be, uh, the only way he'll be there for Christmas again is in his mind. Um, it's, it's actually, when you know the background of the song, it's actually kind of a qu- quite quite sad. It's kind of a sad song, really. Um, But basically what that's saying, and what I think is important, is that the the importance of Christmas, and and really what was most important for Christmas to those uh, men and women who were serving in the armed forces, was that they could be present with their families. 
they could be with each other. That was the great that was the greatest present. It wasn't, you know, a, a nicely wrapped gift. It wasn't like the thing that they've uh, I, I can remember when I was a kid, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here a little bit. Um, I can remember when I was a kid, we used to get this great big thick JC Penny catalog in the mail. I mean, this thing was this thick. It was crazy. And when we got that in the mail, I would go through that thing. I'd get to the toy section. I would just, it did pages and pages of toys. And I would take a, a, a pen and I would circle things and I'd circle things and I'd show mom and dad this is what I want, you know. And I'd be really excited about gifts under the. But really, now that I'm older, what really matters is that my family is together. That the people that I love are around me. That's the greatest thing. That's the greatest thing. And so uh, when, I, when I talk about giving yourself to Jesus, I am talking about uh, giving him the best thing that you have to offer. That is your presence. That is being present in the, uh, with Jesus and having him present in your life. Uh, here's the thing that Jesus wants most of all. He wants um, to know you personally. He wants you to know him personally. He wants, your, he wants your love. He wants your devotion. He wants uh, you to walk with him and, and talk with him and be in relationship with him. He wants you to, um, to just know him as your Savior and your Lord and be in a relationship with him and just spend every day knowing Jesus and walking with Jesus and having Jesus in your life. That is the greatest thing that you can do when you, when you think about giving to Jesus. Give him your life. Give him your heart. So we, we say give him your heart. Uh, that's a way of saying just give him your life. Give, give Jesus your life. So this morning, if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus this morning in that kind of a way, then today, Christmas, Christmas Day, today is the day that you can ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life and be your savior. And that will make this Christmas your greatest Christmas. It's the best gift that you can give him. Now, you might say, well, I've done that. Or you might be saying, that sounds good. I, I, I want to do that. Okay. So then you move on to some other things. So the next thing is you can just realize that, uh, you know, if you've already done that, then the second way to celebrate Christmas is to uh, reach out to people uh, that you see in your life who have need. Okay? Because that is the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus is reaching out to those who, uh, who have need. He, having compassion for people who are hurting is the heart of Christ. So I want to uh, read a couple of scriptures to you. This is from Matthew uh, chapter 25, uh, starting in verse 35. This is really kind of a uh, part of a large portion of scripture. But I'm just only going to read a few verses of it. Uh, Jesus was basically describing uh, what it was like to, um, to reach out and help people who were hurting here. So he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty 
and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Now, when he said that to these people, the people responded, Lord, you know, when did we do that? I don't remember doing that for you. I don't remember you, I don't remember you naked. I don't remember you uh, needing something to eat. I don't remember uh, giving you something. I don't remember all that. When did we do this for you? And this was his response. He said, and the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And so it was, it was Jesus' way of saying, listen, if, if you're reaching out to the hurting, if you're reaching out to the, the people who are, who are lonely or downcast, who are, who are having a difficult time in life, if you're reaching out to those people and you're helping those people, it is like you are helping me. I, and that is like amazing. That is like amazing. So here's the thing. Many times when we look at the people who are being described here, who are in these deplorable conditions or situations, uh, we look at them with negativity. We look at them in a, in a way where uh, our, our last thought is to help them. Uh, sometimes we look at people that are going through things like that, and we're trying to figure out how we can get around helping them or how we can get uh, by without helping them. And Jesus said that we need to look at these people in these horrific situations with a desire to help. That's the heart of Jesus. And so when we help others, we're, it's like we're helping Jesus himself. And so that is another great gift to give to Jesus. Another great way to celebrate Jesus in our life. So... I'll give you one more. I'll just give you one more. Another idea of how to celebrate Jesus uh, this Christmas season is to have the attitude of a giver and not a taker. To have the attitude of a giver and not a taker. And so when you begin to think about this, now uh, un please understand, I'm not saying that you should go out and just spend an arm and a leg on Christmas. Uh, giving people presents, I, I don't really think that honors Jesus all that well. Uh, I, I, because then that makes it more about uh, commercial stuff. And we need to try to stay away from that. Uh, so I'm not saying that. But I do believe that the Lord loves when we give to others from our heart. I, I believe that, that Jesus loves when we're giving to others from our heart, and we're giving to people to bless them and help them and put a smile on their face and, and maybe take care of them in some way or shape, shape or form. When we give a gift to another person with the idea of bringing them joy, that is the heart of Jesus. Um, there's a, uh, my, my wife, she has this, um, this passion, I'll go, I'll go ahead and call it a passion, for nativities. Uh, some of you maybe have heard that. She has a lot of nativities. And so uh, when, when we got settled into the apartment about eight days ago now, uh, uh, one of the first things that I expected her to do, and she did pretty quick, was put out nativities. And so we've got several nativities 
in the, in the house, kind of in various places, maybe 35, something like that. Uh, <laughs> and so she loves nativities. Now, she has one nativity in particular that I think is a little bit different than others. I mean, a lot of them are unique. But one of the nativities that she has is, is a little different from the others because of the scripture verse that it has on it. And I want to show you the scripture verse that is on that nativity. Uh, it's from James chapter 1, verse 17. Uh, and the scripture verse on this nativity says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And, and I love that verse. That's kind, of become, that's kind of become one of my favorite little nativities because of the verse that's on there. And that verse kind of helps us to understand that, you know what, God is, he's a giver, isn't he? Our God is a giver. And when, you, when we think about the way God has given, we could really, couldn't we really go on and on about the things God has given us? We really could, couldn't we? I mean, it's, it's blessing after blessing after blessing, and it's, and it's taking care of us in times we don't even realize it, and it's so many different ways that he has given, and he just totally gives and gives and gives to us. And even if you just wake up in the morning and you, 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 you know, you, you're in sleep, and all of a sudden you wake up, your eyes open, and you take a fresh, deep breath, there it is. He just gave you a breath, <laughs> you know, and you swing your feet off of the bed and you put them on the floor and you thank the Lord for him giving you the, the, the energy to swing your feet off and put them on the floor. I, really, there's so many things that we can praise God for and thank God for. He's giving to us all the time, constantly, but when you think about the greatest gift, you know, you think about the greatest gift and you begin to think about how God is this great giver and, and it's, it's like he gave his son, he gave his son for us, what more could he do? It's such a great and wonderful gift. Now, this doesn't mean if you're, if you're trying to be this giver, you're trying to have the heart of God, and you're trying to, to be the kind of giver that God is, this doesn't mean that you have to be elaborate with your gift giving. It doesn't mean you have to spend a bunch of money. What it really means is that you need to give from your heart. You need to give to, the, to people from your heart because you care, you love, you're trying to bring joy. And so that's the kind of way that we, that we give the way that, that the Lord has given to us. So um, it's a great way to celebrate Jesus. So here is this one solitary life that changed the world. And what happens when you, when you have Jesus in your heart is that you have the opportunity to represent him to your world. And so now you have the opportunity, you think about the impact that he made. He actually uh, left us here to make that impact on others. 
And it, and it tells us that in, in the scriptures. It tells us that in, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we are being left here to be representatives, or it uses the word ambassadors. And, and so we're being left here to be ambassadors or be representatives of Jesus wherever we go, whatever we're doing. And so I don't know what your plans are for the rest of the day, but you have a great job to do. You have a great responsibility. You have a great privilege. You are able to go in Jesus' name and represent Jesus and be an ambassador for Jesus wherever you go today. You guys ought to be like cheering like that. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Really, that is something we need to be really excited about. And as you go, you have this opportunity to make sure that you're giving yourself to Jesus that you're looking for others that maybe have need or downtrodden that you can help, and that you have this heart of a giver and not a taker. And as you're doing that today, wherever you go, you're celebrating Christmas. It's really the best way to celebrate Christmas. Amen. Amen. There's one more scripture. I want you to read it with me. Uh, and you know it really well. We don't really have to read it, but uh, we'll read it together. So Because there's, everybody's got a different version in their head. <laughs> so we'll read it together so that we're all uh, saying it together. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We're going to transition into a time where we're going we're gonna to sing Silent Night. We, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to do this last night, and so we're going to do it today. Uh, we're going to sing Silent Night together, and we're going to hold up uh, candles. And uh, we're going to pass those lit candles out. Uh, and as you take the candle, they're electric, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so as you take the candle, you have to just twist the bottom and the light comes on, okay? So as you get the candle, you twist in the, uh, the bottom, the light comes on. We're going to sing Silent Night together and just really think about Jesus. Think about that moment in time, that, that, that night, that day that he was born. And we're just going to get... Um, just, I, I believe, thrilled in our hearts before we leave here today about Jesus and his life in us and how beautiful that life is. So praise God, and let's, let's go ahead and transition to that. Would you stand with us?
Sing that first verse. Silent. 